Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now here's Pastor Crystal Sparks. Well, I'm excited to be speaking with you guys today. Um, Me and my husband, if you're visiting here for the first time, um, my husband and I, we co-pastor the church here. Um, I know that there's some places that you go and the husband is typically the primary speaker and the wife sits on the front row and she plays piano and she sings. Well, I don't play piano or sing. So um, we we lead together. We lead alongside of each other. And we believe that um, ideally a house has a mom and a dad. And so we believe that together we both are better together. And so today I'll be speaking. Normally I speak once in a series. So if you come next week, you'll get him. And I'll just tell you that he is my favorite. And so you don't want to miss next week, but I'm honored to be speaking today. Uh, If you're taking notes and I hope you are, you can title this message, be found in the house, be found in the house or in our house. Isaiah 56 verse seven says this, I will bring them to my holy mountain and I will make them happy in the temple where people pray to me. Kind of sounds like Disneyland, right? It's the happiest place on earth. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my temple will be known as a temple where all nations may pray. I'm going to read that last part again real quick. My temple, my house will be known as a house where all nations may pray. Can I pray with you today as we start our service together? Jesus, we just love you and we praise you. And Father, we thank you that this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, I declare that every ear is open and receptive, that every heart will be softened for the seed of the word of God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Amen. Jimmy, can you hear me? Um, my, I have a few Kleenex. Oh, thank you, babe. Sorry. I get a little weepy eyed. Well, hey, if you're joining us today on this child dedication Sunday, what an awesome Sunday. Uh, these babies being dedicated to the Lord, so precious. And we just came out of an exciting event for our church. We had our sisterhood event, which is our women's uh, ministry here at the church. Where are my sisters at? Where are you at, girls? We had the best time Friday night. Did y'all have fun? Did y'all have a good time? And so um, there's one thing I love is parties. Um, I think being a pastor is really great because you get to basically put on parties every week, like big parties where people come together and have fun. And you play great music and you give out food and, you know, fun. It's a party. And so we had a really great time. Uh, hundreds of ladies came uh, from all over. I mean, literally ladies driving in from out of state. Um, from hours away to come and be here uh, for our sisterhood event. And really, you know, whenever I was thinking about this message of just our house and the influence that this house has, and and I believe that it's not mine and Brian's influence. I believe it's our church. I believe that God is doing something special here in this house, that people, when they hear about that we're doing something or driving in from out of state to be here for what you're you're a part of. And I just think that God's doing something special. And, and 
in thinking about what it is that he's doing and trying to put my finger on it, I just, I don't know. I wanted to kind of speak a message about why is our house? What is it that makes our house special? What is it that makes our house something different? Because I'll just say the strength of our event on Friday is indicative to the strength of our house. Because the strength of what's happening inside a house determines what we can do outside the house. And people don't want to come to something that's dying, right? People are excited to be a part of something that's healthy and that's thriving and that's lifting up the name of Jesus and it stirs something inside of them. And that's not because of me and Brian. It's because of our house. And uh, it's amazing. Hundreds and hundreds of women came on uh, Friday night and we saw 25 people give their life to Jesus. Come on, that's the number I care about right there. And then we saw, we had a Compassion come in, and Compassion is an organization that helps feed and clothe and educate children um, in country, in Thailand, in Africa, and, and different parts of Mexico, just awesome organization. And we saw, are you ready for this? 63 children get sponsored that night. Come on, somebody. So awesome. I'm just so excited about that number because 63 kids found hope because we had a women's event. And so I'm so excited about that, what God's doing. And so what, what is it about our house that makes it special? You know, right now, um, signs are really big and posting signs that have little cute sayings in your house. You probably own one um, that's hanging in your house. My mom's a real estate agent and she says every house has some kind of cutesy little saying that's on a plaque is somewhere in their house. And have y'all seen the one that says in our house, um, we do messy. You know, in our house, we forgive. In our house, we uh, laugh a lot. In our house, we're okay with messy floors. We're in, and on our house, you know, it kind of goes through the whole thing. In our house. And I'm thinking about this, I thought, well, why do we have that? And really, people hang those signs because they want it to be assigned to the people coming in what their house is all about. They want that visitor that's coming in for the first time to, for them to recognize, hey, we, weren't, we don't have dishes we have dishes in the sink, but we have happy kids. Because in our house, this is what we value. We value fun above order. We value this above that. And this message today, I want to tell you what our house is all about. So if you're visiting here for the first time, you're going to get a little glimpse of who we are as the church race city and, and what our house is all about here at the church and what I believe it makes our house so special. I love this in Isaiah 56, 7, because when the prophet is pinning these words, he's letting us know that God's house is going to be known as a house of prayer. That God's house is known as a house of prayer. So if you can write down the first thing I want you to know is that our house will always be found in prayer. We're always going to be a house that's found in prayer. I want us to be a place where people may come to our service and they might not know who the worship leader is. They may not know, leave knowing Brian and mine's name. They may not leave. I don't want people to come and go, wow, that was a really great message. Or wow, the songs were really great. Or wow, the kids ministry is phenomenal. Or wow, look at their parking lot signs. Those are on point. But I want people to leave knowing when I go in that house, God's there. God's there in that school. He shows up and meets me right there. And I can't tell you all about the church RC. I can't tell you everybody's name, but I can tell you this one thing. I know when I go there, my prayers get answered. I know when I go there, heaven comes and meets with me. And I love that what Jesus said there is he's like, hey, I want my house to be known as a place of prayer. I want the church Roy city to be known as a place where when you pray, God answers. That God can do exceedingly 
exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask, think, or even imagine. I have a community group and I love my community group, unashamedly love my community group. We have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of things that could not be recorded, but we have fun. And uh, we've been studying the book of First and Second Samuel and it's just been amazing. And uh, one of my girls in my community group, God's just been growing her faith. And it's amazing what happens when you get in an atmosphere like that. You start to believe God for big things. And so she's been in there. And one of the things that she told me, she said, I hate going to the dentist. How many of y'all hate going to the dentist? Where are all my dentist people at? You hate going to the dentist. Nobody like sets a date on their day on their calendar and go, I cannot wait. I'm going to the dentist in three weeks. Like have a countdown, right? Nobody does that. Well, she hates going to the dentist. And to make matters worse, she had to get two root canals. Okay, that's enough to like be really sad. Okay, do y'all feel sad for my friend right now? So she hates going to the dentist, like terrified of going to the dentist. And on top of that, two root canals. Well, all of a sudden, because she's been here in our house, she's been learning that she can pray and ask God for anything and that he'll do it. So that means he cares about the big things and the little things. So she started praying an audacious prayer of God, can you just heal my teeth so I don't have to have these root canals? And she was standing, believing, praying. Well, her dentist appointment was this week. She went in and they did x-rays on her to see if the cavity had spread. And they come back and they go, well, we don't know what to tell you, but you don't have cavities at all. You don't need a root canal. Your teeth are completely healed. Come on, can somebody give up a big hand clap on that? And I love that because in this house, she's learned that this is a house of prayer. And this is a house when we pray, God answers. When we believe God to do things, he does them. And some of you are like, oh, well, crystal cavities, really? Are we rejoicing over cavities? Well, let me just tell you this, that my faith in God is not built up when I'm believing God for the big things. My faith in God is built up when I pray for the little things and he does them. Because let's just be honest, if God didn't heal cavities, the world would keep turning right? But when God does something so small, like a cavity, my faith in him to pay for my bills, to bring back the way we're child, to do something great in our city. I'm like, God, if you'll do that for a cavity, what will you not do in my own life? And I want our church to always be known as a place where when we pray, God answers. Amen. The next thing I want our house to be known as is that we are found in the field. That our house is always found in the field. John 10, 15 through 16, it says this, even as truly as the father knows me and I also know the father and I am going, giving my very own life and laying it down on behalf of the sheep. And I have other sheep besides these that are not of this fold. And I must bring and impel those also. And they will listen to my voice and heed my call. And so there will be, they will become one flock under one shepherd. I love this so much because Jesus is letting people know here that there is more than what's here right now. And he's saying, I'm laying down my life for my sheep. Not laying down my life for doctrine, not laying down my life for what I think a service should look like, not laying my life down for a building, not laying my life down for your idea of Christianity, but he laid down his life for people because it was always about 
people. And he's letting them know there that as long as there's people out there that don't know him, that our job is to be found in the field, that we are to be a people that are out compelling people to come and bring them in. And I'll just tell you that this church, this house, we have one message and that message is Jesus, but we are going to use whatever method it takes to get people into the house. If it's legal, we're going to do it. Because why? Because I am passionate about getting people into God's house. And it may offend some people and it may turn some people away, but I'll tell you this, if it gets one person who's lost, get them saved, it's worth it all. Because we are to be a people who are always found in the field, seeking those who are hurting, seeking those who are broken. And can I just tell you that if you're drowning, if you're drowning in water, you don't care if the lifeguard is young or old. You don't care if they're male or female. You don't care if they're wearing a two-piece bathing suit or a one-piece bathing suit. Come on, somebody. All you care is that somebody jumps in the water and goes and saves you. You don't care what music they're playing. You don't care what's happening. Why? Because you're drowning. And let me just tell you, there is a world out there that is lost and they're hurting and they're drowning in their pain and they're drowning in our suffering. And we will not ever be a church that gets around and we're critical about, well, what is she wearing? And what is she doing? And it's a she on the stage and it should be a he and she's not old enough. She's not qualified. No, we're not that house. We're going to be a house that's found in the field. We're going to be a house that's always reaching out for those who are are lost. Why? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. I had people, we had 25 people saved on Friday night, 25 people saved and 63 kids sponsored getting food and getting clothing and getting an education from our women's event. And then you have people just hateful sending messages. I don't like what you were wearing. I I don't think women should preach. Why did you come? That's what I want to say. Don't come. Let me solve your problem. Don't come. There you go. End of sentence. Well, you were playing secular music. I just don't like it. Well, last time I checked, you go to restaurants that play secular music and you're just fine there. People were dancing out in the foyer. I'm offended. Okay, let me just ask you a question. Would you rather than be dancing in the club on a Friday night or in the house of God? I'd rather than be dancing in in the church. I'd rather them be having fun. I'm glad that my 11-year-old daughter was so excited with her friends and they're getting down dancing, whether you deem it inappropriate or appropriate. I'm glad that she associates the house of God as a place that's fun, as a place that's encouraging. And I would hate to see your religion and your idea of what fun is. It's okay to have fun. I love that right here in Isaiah, it says that his house is gonna be a happy house, not just stoic and quiet. Our house is going to be a fun house. Why? Because we're reaching the lost. We're looking for people who are hurting. And sometimes, you know, whenever you go fishing, men, the bait that you're using on the end of that hook tells me what kind of fish you're trying to catch. And for us, sometimes putting out that secular music, it makes a lost person feel comfortable to walk into a church. So if hearing Beyonce or Ariana Grande makes their walls come down, I say play it all the more. Why? Because the message is the same. And the message is Jesus and him crucified. And they're going to get to that part. I've just got to get them in the door. Come on. Amen. The next thing is we're going to be found fruitful. We're going to be found as a house that's fruitful. 
John 15, 16 says that you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. Come on. Not you're going to get a Christian t-shirt and have a bumper sticker and know Amy Grant's top 40. Come on. But that you're bearing fruit. And just a reminder of what fruit is, is love, peace, joy, kindness, self-control, patience, goodness, gentleness. Those are the things that God's looking for us to have in our life. And I found this interesting. I've read a thing of why do people end up leaving the church? Why do people not want to go to church? There's three reasons. Are you ready for them? Number one, judgmental. They're insincere and they're critical. Sounds a lot like that message I got, doesn't it? And sounds a lot like the Pharisees that followed Jesus around. Hello. We're called to bear fruit. And in our house, we're always going to be a house that's found fruitful. We're going to be a house that's giving people the taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what the scripture says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Every conversation you have with people and every post you post on social media and everything you do, people are tasting to see if the Lord is good. They're tasting the fruit. Is it bringing them into the house of God or is it repelling them away? Is it making them to want what you have or is it making them to not want anything that you have? Are you the constant critic and never the encourager? Hello. I want us to be a house that's found fruitful, that we are always being the ones that are encouraging, that we're the dispensers of love and of peace. Because I found this, that a flourishing people in a flourishing church accomplish the vision. A flourishing people in a flourishing church will accomplish the vision. God's called us to be a flourishing house. And I'll just say with our political situation and all the chaos that's going around, the joke that is this election, I'll just say now more than ever, the Bible says in Isaiah, arise, shine for your light has come. For darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness all the people, but there is a light on you. And so I'll just say now more than ever, God needs us to shine our light. And we need to be sure that we are dispensers of love, dispensers of peace, dispensers of grace, dispensers of hope, because that's what our world needs. They don't need another critic. They don't need somebody else to be negative. They need somebody to begin to be an encourager. I love this Oral Roberts at the end of his life. Everybody had gathered around and he had passed away and the family was trying to just think about all the great things about Oral. And the one thing that they all realized was that he had never spoken a negative word, ever. I'm not to that point yet. I would love to be. Don't amen so loud, babe. (laughs) Don't be quite so encouraging. But he had never spoken a negative word. He was always positive. He was always talking about the God potential in things. He was always speaking about love, joy, peace, kindness. The fruit of his life showed 
his true condition of his heart. And I want that to be said of our house, that our house is a dispenser of fruit, that everywhere we go, that we are giving people hope, that we're giving people peace, and that we're showing people love. And you don't show people love by trying to change them by the outside in. You show people love by letting God change them right where they're at, come as you are, and God begins to do a work and changes them from the inside out. The next thing, our house is going to be found faithful. Our house is going to be found faithful. Second Corinthians eight twenty two. Paul is writing and he's letting the church of Corneth know that he's sending Titus to them to um, encourage them. But I think this is interesting. In Second Corinthians eight twenty two, it says, "That's why we're sending you another trusted friend along. He's proved his dependability many times over, and carries on as energetically as the day he started. He's heard much about you and likes what he heard." So much so that he can't wait to get there. Man, don't you love that? So here this guy is, and Paul's introducing him. But what I want you to see here is a few things. Number one, he doesn't even know his name. He doesn't even say his name. And I think that's interesting because sometimes you're just found being faithful and nobody ever knows your name. Nobody ever even knows who you are. You know, Red came into our student ministry and he came in years ago and started serving underneath us and just growing his faith and God doing great things in his life. And I think there's only been like two Sundays where we've set up without him since we started. He's here every single week, up at five o'clock in the morning, shows up at 6 a.m. He's there to run all the sound that you see here. And most of you don't even know his name but you hear the fruit of his labor every single week. And I'll just tell you that whenever you're found faithful, that people may not know your name, but God does. That God knows your name and he sees your faithfulness. And this church is awesome because every single week we have a team of 80 plus people that show up and they set up everything you see. They're back there teaching our kids who are the modern day revivalists. They're back there training them up. We have people checking in and people parking cars and people ushering, ushing. Would you say ushing? Uh, What is the (laughs) verb for that? They're ushing. And you have people greeting and pouring coffee, but it's their faithfulness that makes this house great. It's them doing what they're called to do. And I love what this says here. It says that he's been found faithful in his dependability many times over, and he carries on as energetically as the day he started. Man, I love that. You know, so many times in our own life, I have people tell me all the time, man, when I was in high school, I loved Jesus. Or man, when I was in college, I just loved Jesus. And isn't it interesting that a lot of times in our lives, we have to look behind our shoulder to our past to see the place that we'd burn the brightest. But I love what he's saying about this one here. He says he's just as energetic today as the day he started. And I want our house to always be that place of passion that we had when we began, that we'll be found still having that passion at our 10-year birthday, at our 12-year birthday, that God just continually renews our passion for God and for his house. Why? Because we're just going to be found faithful, found faithful with the call that God's put on our life, found faithful with the purpose that he's put on the inside of us, just found faithful with whatever he's put in our hand to do, that we're just going to do that as well as we can. Can I get an amen? I think it's interesting that he's unnamed, but I want to tell you that no person's part is small in God's big plan. 
No person's part is small in God's big plan. You know, it doesn't even really list off his talents or anything. He's just bragging on how faithful he is. Anybody can be faithful for a few weeks. Anybody can be faithful for a few months. But I think the greatest compliment that we could have written of us is that we're found faithful over the course of our life. And whenever we um, left our pastor's church to come here and start the church or city, you know, the greatest compliment we got, nobody came up to us and said, man, when you preach this message, it changed my life. Or man, when you brought out the story of David, it changed my life. Nobody said that. The one thing that was the greatest compliment was watching you be faithful to God and to his house is what's changed me. That's the greatest compliment I could ever find. I think this right here is the greatest thing that could be said of someone. And I hope one day when I get to heaven, that the Lord's going to say that over me, that that's my girl. She's been found faithful, just doing what I put her there to do. And that she's done everything I've told her to do. And she did it just as energetically at the end as when she began. Amen. Next thing is that we're going to be found in the declaration. We're going to be found in the declaration. Malachi 3.16. Malachi 3.16 in the Amplified. And it says, those, Then those who feared the Lord talked often to another. And the Lord listened and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought on his name. Let me just ask you a question. What would you do if God was recording every conversation you had? Oh, it got quiet. (laughs) Would it change what you said? Would you not be as quick to complain? Would you not be so quick to go off on your husband? Would you not be so quick to have the water cooler talk on break? Because I want to tell you that this tells us here that God's recording our every conversation. And I want our house to always be found in the declaration of God's word. That our words are pleasing to the Lord. That, that we have words that build up and don't tear down. And I'll just say that a lot of times, if we'll be honest, we just say, well, I'm just calling it like I see it. And you know what? You're going to keep seeing what you've always saw. Your words are the building blocks for your tomorrow. It's the material that God uses. And whenever you're going to build a nice home, what do you want? You want the best material, right? You don't want the broke down material with the mismatched floors and nothing goes together. You're going to go and you're going to pick the best material. Why? Because you want to live in a really nice house. Well, your words are the building blocks God's using to build your tomorrows. If you had everything that you said yesterday, would you have a really great life or a really bad life? Come on. Would you have more bad things happening in your life or would you have more good things happening in your life? And I want our house to always be found in the declaration of hope, declaration of good things, the declaration of God potential. We had some things happen this morning and I told our team, I said, well, we're not going to complain. We're just going to declare, God, you're faithful. It's you're well able. And Nancy goes, well, I think this is God's way of trying to get us to get our words right. And I said, yeah, that's right. Why? Because our words change our future. And our house is always going to be a house that's declaring the word of the Lord boldly, that we're speaking the God potential. We're not calling it like we see it, but we're going to call it like God sees it. And we're going to see the potential. Even when nobody else does, we are going to see it and we're going to declare it boldly. Amen. Amen. Will you stand on your feet with me?
the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com. 